a pandemic like this, which sort of uh, changed uh, the way people uh, interacted with each other, you know, you need to figure out a way to still continue doing business. The challenge is going to be how media publishers integrate these new journalists, give them a platform, but also vetting what they are saying. Welcome back to In Piazza with my friend Jeannie Allen. It's In Piazza where we cover the issues of the day and what's going on in the knowledge economy. I'm so delighted that we have uh, my good friend Neville Terrapawala, who is the president of Brand Capital North America, which is part of uh, Times of India, the investment arm for them, which has invested in companies like Uber and Airbnb and Coursera with the idea of bringing those to India and exposing it to that marketplace. So now, what have you been doing during uh, COVID? Okay, so in COVID, I've been trying to reinvent my business. Simple. Uh, yeah, you know. Simple. <laughs> simple. <laughs> we, exactly. I mean, uh, 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 a, a pandemic like this, which sort of uh, changed uh, the way people uh, interacted with each other. No one wants to meet us. And probably that's the same. But, you know, you need to figure out a way to still continue doing business. So I think uh, what's changed, the way we conduct business has changed. Uh, uh, there's a lot of Zoom fatigue, as we all know, but we still close deals. We still continue to uh, close deals. Initially, there was a speed bump, but surprisingly last year, uh, end of December to 2020, I was much happier than I was in the middle of the year. So to answer to your question, what am I doing? I'm trying to find different ways and means to continue to do the business and let it flow the way it's flowing. We're going to talk a little bit more about Brand Capital just so people understand what what, what that's all about. But first of all, you grew up in Texas. People can tell by your accent. <laughs> no, give me your back. Talk about where you. Okay, uh, so so first of all, I'm I'm a Mumbai boy. Okay, yeah. I I was Mumbai or Mumbai. Bombay. It, well, now it's Mumbai. When I was born and when I was brought up there, it was Bombay. Right. Okay, uh, so the answer and and and, and the. And the political correct answer right now is that it's Mumbai. Yeah. So we'll stick to Mumbai. Okay. But the, the, the thing is that I, I, I grew up in Bombay. I finished my studies in Bombay. Uh, I, I, I was in Bombay for uh, right for 30 years I worked there. And I had the good fortune of uh, actually uh, jumping on the internet bandwagon way back in 1995. I somehow spotted this and I got excited about it and I could actually envisage how business could businesses could change. And that's why I decided to be in this business, which is the new media business at that time, which was called. And uh, I even, I was part of the dot-com boom and the bust. And I remember my ex-boss calling me when the bust happened and said, come back. And I said, no, I'm going to stay where I am and I'm going to find ways to work within it, but thank you very much. And the next thing I knew, I was headhunted by Yahoo to head them. Okay, so uh, I think I've been one of those lucky folks uh, who got the right breaks at the right time, but at the same time, it's not just being lucky, it's also taking those risks because I, I didn't know where I was going, 
but I still wanted to take those risks. And I think sometimes risks pay off in business. And uh, to that extent, I think uh, I was very lucky. Uh, I stay in the Silicon Valley right now. If you'd asked me 10 years ago where I would be 10 years hence, then I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I was going to be in the Silicon Valley. Okay, but hold on. For all of our listeners out there who are saying, okay, this is awesome, but what do you really do? Right? What do you really do? What do you do? You produce something. What is brand capital? There's, okay. a great, there's a great movie. What was the movie out there that talked about, like, do you actually make something? Oh, the one with Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman, where she actually says to Richard, Julia Roberts says to Richard Gere, but do you make anything? He goes, no, we just do deals. So what do you do? So let me tell you, I had a dream, just like Martin Luther King Jr. said, right? His dream was obviously racial justice. My dream was when I was with Yahoo and I said, one day I need to go to Silicon Valley and do something. That was my dream. Because <laughs> you were head of Yahoo India. India, yes. And I used to come to Sunnyvale and I said, I have to come to the Silicon Valley and do something. And I didn't know what it was, okay? Several years later, I got an opportunity from the Times Group where I got this phone call and said, hey, you know what? We're starting this, uh, uh, the US subsidiary of the Times of India Group, and uh, we'd like to look at you to consider this and what do you think about it? And typically, I, was just, I just left Microsoft and I did a typical Microsoft five-slide presentation of what I think or what I knew about the group in India and what is it that we could do out here. Yeah. And uh, the gentleman who had actually called me actually headed the brand capital business, brand capital, now it's brand capital international, which is largely a strategic investment arm of the, the Times of India group, which is India's largest media conglomerate. And the idea then was, how do we look at potential new media companies or new companies which are looking at Asia, China, India as a market, okay? And at that point of time, the objective was to see, let's explore and see if there's a possibility to do these investments which ultimately used our media muscle, our media power to grow them into large brands. And we had such examples in India like Flipkart, which competed with Amazon, that we felt that, you know, it may work, it may not work. Mm -hmm. But that was the risk that we took. And today we're in the sixth year and the risk has paid off. So you started out here with a couple people. And I knew two you, people. Two people. Yeah. With a table and a chair. It's a typical mm -hmm. Silicon Valley example. I read these books and I heard, I remember Jer I read a book where Jerry Yang said he started Yahoo in his garage. Right. So I would like to say we started uh, the Times Group office in GSV Labs, mm -hmm. where there was there was one table, and I still remember we only paid for one chair. And I had my colleague. Yes, we were, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so it was, it, and 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 obviously now it's changed. Obviously, uh, that element of risk paid off both personally as well as for the company. So I think we have grown substantially since then, and uh, I I consider myself as as a startup entrepreneur because I've done something for the business. It's just that it's not a separate company, but it's it's part of a group. But the reality is that today we do have, uh, a, a, you know, a seat on the table, and uh, international is looked up as, as 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 something which contributes substantially to the group. So 
I think I look at that as positive. Yeah. Neville, I am fascinated by that, and I and I love the hook back to the Times um, the brand, back to the Times and the media world. I mean, you're widely recognized in India, the annual campaign India A-List. You've made that success of Times. It showcases leaders in advertising, marketing, and media. So I want to pick your brain about the media today. I mean, obviously, we were seeing changes through technology of media going from paper to digital. Yeah. Last year to two years alone, given the political world, given what's happening out there, media's changed again. So do you see media more or less trusted in other parts of the world than here? Where do you think the media is going to go? Because now we're all creating our own. We're creating our own right here. You know, we've got people creating their own stardom on Instagram. Right. Right. So here's here's what I feel. And having run media sites myself, uh, you know, right at the product level, I think there's going to be a huge change in which uh, change. I mean, the change is already happening, but you're going to see uh, everybody is going to be a journalist, as we all know, in some form or some way. Uh, I just feel that the way they're going to distribute that content is going to be the key. I think for publishers, it's going to, and I'm, I'm talking about traditional publishers. And, you know, I just want to sort of uh, juxtapose the Times group in this answer because I think uh, if you look at globally, the Times group has got this massive Times Internet Limited, the digital uh, entity of the group, which has leveraged digital so well uh, in India. And it's interesting, Jeannie, that. Uh, there's a huge audience in the United States for all our websites because of which we run our advertising sales business from here, which has grown substantially in the last six years. But the answer to your question is the challenge is going to be how media publishers integrate these new journalists, give them a platform, mm. uh, but also vetting what they are saying and doing. And I'm not saying it's like cancel people. It's not a cancel culture, which I'm talking about. I'm just simply saying that uh, I, I think New York Times does a great job of their digital edition. I mean, their subscription revenues are going to overtake their advertising revenues. I mean, that's mm. fabulous. Right. Okay, uh, Their stock price has been increasing slowly but steadily. Yeah. Being a traditional publisher, their stock price has increased, whatever, 10, 5, 10%, whatever that is. But it has. It's, it's plus more than... You know, so I think there are changes which are happening on this. So yeah, no, they were able to change their model. Model. Basically, it's like changing the the tires and the cars. It's moving. Absolutely. And they've, they've basically been able. Yeah. To so if I look at the Times Group, I think we have done the same thing. It's just that in 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 India, traditional media still has a lot of value. So for Jeannie, just for your benefit, fifty uh, percent, almost fifty, close to fifty percent of advertising in India still goes into traditional media, which is print and television. Uh, right? Which is like more than any place in the world. Any place in the world. So in every other place in the world, print's falling off the cliff. That's that's the reality. That's right. the reality. Go to any part of the world. And in India, if you go there, you're going to just see the English newspaper, the pink newspaper, Economic Times, and it's all over. You're going to see language newspapers, which is all over. But I, I keep telling people, English is an aspirational language. So people in town B and town C... Uh, those towns, you know, you may communicate in the local language, but they want to reply back to you in English. Right. So when, when people don't know, I mean, Times of India is the largest media company in India, but the, the Times paper is, I believe, the largest English newspaper in the world. Yes, absolutely. In terms of circulation, it is the largest English newspaper in the world. Yes, so how absolutely. does it circulate? So 
time of coronavirus, what go, I mean, it creates a little bit of a dis, this dislocation, right? Because yes. how do you even deliver the newspaper? Yes, exactly. So uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a beautiful story about our distributors, those who actually sell. So the newspaper in India is actually, you know, delivered to people's homes. So like uh, I used to do when I was a kid, delivering my bike. Exactly. That's, that's yeah, how it's still exactly. And, 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 and the paper still gets delivered home even today. So, yes, we had a lockdown. There was no paper for, I think, almost 30, 35 to 40 days. Uh, did it have an impact? Of course it had an impact because at the end of the day, advertising revenue does pay for the newspapers because the newspaper costs two rupees, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, 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 the cost of the subscription doesn't pay for the newspaper. It's the advertising that pays for the newspaper. And, uh, yes, it was a challenge to get back the circulation. Uh, we, we had challenges all along the way. We had uh, the, dis the, distribu the distributor and his boys who were distributing it, right? They were not able to get out because the, you know, the, the, the lockdown didn't allow people to move around, so they couldn't move around. Then you know, housing societies didn't allow people to come in. And there was this huge thing about the fact that uh, the newspapers carried the coronavirus. You know? So we did a lot of campaigns which actually talked about how we run the newspaper, just like the airlines did their campaigns yeah. as to how clean they were. We actually had, I, I remember seeing a, 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 a video on LinkedIn or something which actually talked about our printing presses and how <sighs> it was folded and how it went out. And and listen, they had to do it because it was a significant part of our business, right? And I think now we are back where we were initially. Uh, I'm quite sure there are societies, I mean, as I speak, I hear there's going to be a lockdown in Mumbai. So, mm. you know, now I don't know what impact that would bring about, but uh, I was talking to someone in, in Bombay and they said, you know, it's not easy for everybody. You know, the trains and the, the local train is a lifeline of Mumbai. It's been shut down for a long time. So yeah. everybody's on the road with their cars. Right. Right. So that creates a, another yeah. dynamic, right? If everybody's on the road with the car, can't imagine. Can't imagine. Yeah. You've been there, Michael, so yeah. you know what it is, right? Yeah. And there's and and Bombay is is you know it's 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 sort of an island which is along sort of a you know it's 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 just north to south. So everything moves north to south. There's not much which moves east west, right? So yes, those, these are the challenges. The newspaper is back uh, and where it is. Uh, we've had some. Uh, I think we're just. The, the month, last few months have been really good, I would say. We are back to normal. But during this period, our digital editions really skyrocketed. You know, our OTT platform is the largest platform in India, which is MX Player, mm. which is an acquisition we did about a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and, and obviously streaming is uh, going through the roof. And yes, and we're, we compete in every sphere in India, in every form of entertainment, news, cycles, et cetera. Yeah. And, and it's amazing to me what I've learned um, just reading some of the notes for tonight. Um, India's emerging uh, tech startup hub. I mean, some enormous number, a percentage of people are engineers. You have this huge tech cluster. Yes. And, and I raise those, there's obviously things both of you know, but most people don't think of India as the Silicon Valley, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, that it is. Yeah. So I don't know. Steve Wozniak was in India, I think, or he was on a on one of the conferences, and he made a you know he made a pretty bold statement. He says the only big company that I've seen is Infosys, and he said one of the things that India lacks is 
just the education system, which is extremely rote. You you mug and you mug and you mug, but then don't give the the education system an ability to create new things. Mm. So there's no creativity. And one of the things that we 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 can so Flipkart is a, a copy probably of you know Amazon, right? So it's a great copy, right? I think what what I think Steve Wozniak was trying to say is that we've not seen a real, real product company, which is exclusive, like a Google or, yeah. uh, you know, or Yahoo, which went global, you know, that kind of a global company. Mm-hmm. Well, so, if, you, if you saw, I mean, what I see, I mean, China before it was first the imitator that became the innovator. Correct. Right? And, you know, Tencent and, and, and Alibaba and so forth kind of were the catalyst to that. I think Flipkart was that catalyst yes. to the startup innovation yeah. scene, really, in right. India, which is just booming beyond, but it was a freight train coming. Right, right. So talk, give people a quick old you know, geography lesson. Where's the, when are, where's the innovation happening? What areas are, are the most so popular? So I think uh, the government uh, the government has uh, obviously got a Startup India initiative, which is pretty successful. They are encouraging people who earlier finished their IITs and would probably get hired by the Googles and Microsofts, they are the, some of those folks are wanting to do their own stuff. So very clearly the government has recognized that if you, you know, sort of support entrepreneurs, that itself is a job creation uh, capability, right? And that's what really uh, the government is doing. They are, you know, simplifying things for early stage companies to really uh, conduct business. I think that's important. They are giving them all the necessary platforms. And uh, that's what we are seeing. What you talk about is the freight train is that the number of people today who are actually looking at starting new ideas, new companies is exponentially growing than what it was probably five years ago where everybody said, I want an IIM. I would go to the uh, IIM and finish my management or I would do my IIT and then I would get, I would wait for Google, Microsoft, et cetera, to come to our campus and get hired for X amount of dollars. And what I understand is that that is not happening that easily, you see, because people feel that, yes, you know, we can do something different. And I, I, I was talking to one of my coll- ex-colleagues and, and she was saying that she's actually advising a startup at the IIT in Mumbai, which is actually finding ways in which uh, it's, it's in the environment space, but how, because the Bombay air is so bad, and how do you create a device which will help people to get clean air into their homes? And it's a consumer device. If it clicks, it's a big thing, right? So. That's what I'm talking about. That creativity, that innovation is only happening now. Talk about, so you've toggled between U.S., yes. Silicon Valley, and and India. What do you see the differences in terms of culture and prioritization? So, if, for example, in education, I mean, what is an Indian family, how do they prioritize education versus how you see things? Yeah, so as far as, uh, ed, you know, as you probably know that uh, people spend in India, people spend more money on education than probably medicine. Right. Okay. Uh, which is uh, which is you know not surprising as far as I'm concerned, but for people outside, it's extremely surprising that education is the backbone of everything. Mm. And you know, parents will go whole hog and do everything. All right, in the hope that their child 
can get a great job. That's, you know, and I, I want to go back a little bit. When I told my dad that I was, you know, in 95 that, you know, I'm managing this internet business, my dad said, what is this internet business? <laughs> You know, because he only knew that I was working for the time. So it was the newspaper business. He said, what are you working in the internet business? So, you know, so I think that culture is changing. Uh, I feel that um, knowledge, just pure knowledge because of the internet, you know, has sort of percolated across the board. People know what's happening on the outside world. Parents want their children to go to a university abroad because that carries a huge badge. Mm. Uh, and they're willing to spend that money. And with the pandemic, suddenly they can't travel. I know of someone in my family uh, who's got admission at Hopkins into something to do in cybersecurity. And last September, he had to push back to this year. Mm. But his parents said, you have to go to the US because you've got admission there. It doesn't matter if you pay $45,000 a year, or whatever, $60,000, they're still willing to pay. Right. right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to say that this is an average middle class family who still wants their kid to yeah. go to the United States specifically because that will bring value to him or her. That dream has to be that I want to be in India to do this. Then that American dream becomes the Indian dream. Right. right. But right now that it, it it's going to take a while because you know the the baby boomers who are there. I still feel are geared towards this culture of going overseas. Yeah. Yeah. And all I was going to say, jumping in there, it's fascinating. So the parents value it, uh, willing to spend money for it. And going back to your comment about the creativity or, you know, the, the Wozniak comment about the creativity, the very thing that that is seen lacking is what we value. That when, when, when Indian born, Indian educated workers, colleagues of ours are so resilient and so focused and are able to do so much more, we think, in the sciences, by the way, than our kids. Of course, that's borne out on most national assessments. And um, and so our kids are super creative and they and they can do all sorts of interesting things and we praise them for just living. And I think Indian parents, I adore because they're like, no, you are going to work. And if I don't know what you're doing, you're going to fix it. I mean, it's, I think the grass is greener, but I, I'm, I'm, it's kind of greener on your side for me these days as we look around at the deficiencies. Right. So, so as a prioritization, it, it's interesting. I mean, by the way, as an investor, Brand Capital, Times Media invested in Coursera, which has obviously been wildly successful, 80 million students on the platform. They were early investors, but also early investors in Baiju. Talk about Baiju just a second, because that's a pretty good emphasis about how, which times it is invest early investor in, and just to emphasis kind of the scale and what's going on here. Yeah, so, you know, the way I look at it, and this is my view, okay, and I think it's very much the group's view, uh, Baiju wants to reach out to every student. Our media reaches out to every, every household, right? So for us to make that strategic investment in Baiju's, according to me, was a no-brainer. Because at the end of the day, Baiju's needs to get into every home. And the way to get into every home is through the newspaper, because the newspaper goes into the home, the television beams into the home, and digital is into the home. So we're basically there across all three platforms. And for Baiju's, I think it was very, very important to get, you know, I think if, if, I, if I was on the other side of the 
of the table, I, I would I would have loved this investment. So I think we as a company have a very we have people working identifying these you know young companies. Baidu is big now, but we went in quite early, right? And similarly, like I feel like you know over here from from here we've done uh, investment in Square Panda. Okay, mm-hmm. how did that happen? That happened because you know we felt that this early learning platform was really good for India, right. you know? And uh, at that point of time, it was about all about teaching the kid how to speak English using phonetics. Mm, right? exactly. And English is an aspirational language. I just said that, right? So students would want to, you know, sort of yes. uh, engage with some, an app like that or a device like that. I'll give you another one which we have invested in the US. It's a company called Cure, Q-U-R. It's a search engine. Okay, obviously, who would invest in a search engine, right? But it's it's headed by an uh, Israeli uh, gentleman, Ilan. And what when they approached us, I was the one who actually took it and I said, this can be big. What they are doing is they are allowing, when someone searches on an article, it tells you how many people have seen it. Therefore, what's the value of the article? Right. So today when I go, on, go, go to WSJ, I need to pay an annual fee. But this is going to be micropayments. Mm-hmm. It'll actually tell you which article you want to read because, because so many people have read it and therefore the value of this article is far greater than everything else. Right. So it's micropayments. So... They're working on those algos and deep learning methods. And I feel that that's going to be the next. It tells you also which this article has, how many uh, cookies, how many tracers. Oh, wow. Well, it's our thing about the incentives for the journalists too, right? Yeah. To write a great article because more people are going to read it and they should theoretically get paid Exactly. So, no, go ahead. so for, for, me, for us is to map that investment to our business. Yeah. And for as a media company, this is a great business to be in. And we believe that, you know, we should be there and help them to take them to the next level. I just want to quick go back to Baijiu because a lot of people yeah. outside of India might not know who Baijiu is. You yes. Assume. So Baijiu's market value today is over $12 billion. $12 billion, dollars, yeah. And um, how he started, he was giving, he's a great tutor. Yeah. They started tutoring in stadiums because people wanted access to his. 25,000 people and, came to hear him giving math classes, apparently. And, the, and so basically they created a business around it, but all of a sudden the scale he was able to get through the reach through Times of India yeah, was, yeah. was gigantic. It was pretty significant. Yeah, and I think his, his, his learning his, his, and all his learnings of now, uh, they've got high-end videos, you know, for people to learn whatever they, uh, courses they take up. They've got pretty good video videos to really, you know, sort of educate people in each Fantastic. of them. Yeah, yeah. Neville, I feel like we could talk with you for hours, and I look forward to doing that. As we start closing down from in Piazza, first okay. of all, and thank you for so much for joining us in Piazza. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Kind of conversation people should be having in the town square. Hence, as I share with you before the name, um, what can we tell people listening? Kind of leave them with. Um, how can they be like you when they grow up? What can they do to emulate what you're doing? How, you know, tell us a little bit that um, can go off to motivate people. So I think, uh, you know, I'll just take my example, very simple. You know, like I said, I never expected to be where I am today. Um, I think you need to think big. You need to have a dream. And you need to keep, you know, passionately going after that dream and uh, be true to it true to whatever you do, uh, be transparent, be honest about what you're doing. 
and uh, that's the way you you know sort of you know create a pathway for yourself so i think all these things put together create a pathway for yourself fantastic yeah it's awesome though thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you thank you michael thank you jimmy thank you yeah so michael neville was such a fascinating interview to listen to to participate in to watch i don't think like for me i can just say i don't ever think about um, how incredibly fantastically successful, for example, the media and investment folks are in India. Like I think about it as tech and we talked about that, right? But I, his whole background was just remarkable. You know, Neville's a special person and his background with Microsoft and Yahoo and now with Brand Capital and Times of India, it, it really does give a window to uh, what's going on in the Indian economy and how you create this bridge between Silicon Valley and India. So one of the things I think is so fascinating is India is uh, evolving so quickly here. People focused on China for so long, but now India, uh, in terms of the uh, number of startups, the growth of the middle class, the focus on key issues such as uh, education, you know, India increasingly is going to be getting our attention. So I think uh, having the conversation with Neville is, 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 is not the first one we're going to have. Well, it was interesting. He was talking about, um, which, of course, you, you heard me warm to, the discussion about education and parents being willing to pay anything. And it does remind me of China, right? It reminds me of um, what we've seen and heard, that parents will go to any length to get their student to where they can run the world. They can run the next company. They, be, they can become people like Neville. And I just think it's such a model for us because they don't start by saying, um, you're poor, we can't do it, or it's not what we've done. Um, you know, we all pride ourselves in the US on so many first generation college goers, it's great, but it's still a fraction of who should be aspiring to some level of career or higher education advancement. And I just wonder if we can can't um, maybe just even highlight more that Indian culture that could help drive some more changes here. Yeah, it's it's really not just an Indian culture. It's uh, what I call the V-chips, Vietnam, China, India, Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, really Asia. And with the emphasis on education, because if you talk to any Asian parent, they just know that that is the future for their children. And so the, and the emphasis that we don't have in the United States, there is no comprehension about the level of prioritization. When Neville talked about how uh, Indian parents prioritized education over healthcare, that's not the first person I've heard say that. So that, and that, you know, obviously when you're making that kind of investment, you can just imagine what the future looks for the countries that are, that, that are prioritizing that. Well, I know that uh, some of our upcoming guests uh, who are U.S. Uh, leaders and entrepreneurs will have something to say about whether or not I'm picking, I'm picking favorites in India or, the Asia, or Asia, but um, it was a remarkable interview, and I hope our, all of our listeners out there truly enjoyed it as much as I did. And um, just a reminder also to share widely our podcast with your friends and family and um, if you check out our uh, websites at GSV and at edreform.com, you'll see contact information as well for all of our guests. You can find In Piazza wherever you get your podcasts. This is a special project of the Center for Education Reform and GSV. 
Thanks for listening to In Piazza. Ci vediamo, or as we say in English, we'll see you soon. I'm Jeannie Allen. I'm Michael Moe. Ciao.